When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Night two of Moonstone Village, a light of warning. Good evening, villagers. My name is Taylor, a.k.a. the bird from Kiwing the Bird. I know the last 24 hours have been chaotic, but I greatly appreciate your attendance at the courthouse today. Loki, the god of mischief, has been tried for their crimes. While I still don't quite believe in all that, werewolf nonsense. I feel at peace knowing that the threat seems to be gone. We've held a vigil for the fallen in town square. Thank you to those who brought candles and flowers. I highly believe it's important for us to mourn in a solemn, reverent way, to fully honor those who have passed. Which is where our story begins. A dense fog laid itself over the village of Moonstone, quilling the orange-yellow lights of lanterns and concealing the shadows who rushed out of their homes and through darkened alleys with excited giggles and whispers. Despite the village leader's wishes, there would be no mourning for the fallen tonight, but a celebration of their lives. Though the idea of drinks and dancing at Crescent Manor dispelled most of the somber attitude, few citizens still felt wary over the Loki and the whole werewolf talk. Unsettled, they stopped by Mystere's wares on way to the festivities and grabbed silver bracelets, wolfsbane perfume, and more. Meanwhile, at the Blushy Baker's Pixie, welcomed party-goers through the servants' entrance of Crescent Manor, telling visitors about the delights that awaited them. Their sparkly drinks and milk wine... Pixie whispered, ecstatic. Spicy marks, pigs in a blanket, and more. Just ask for the bartender. They make the best drinks. The villagers nodded and went to move along, but Pixie grabbed their arms, reminding them, Be out by eleven. That's when the masters will be home. Indeed, everything Pixie had promised had been arranged with flamboyant flair and dedication inside Crescent Manor. Food decked the main dining table in the hall, Music blared out of warbly gramophones, and at exlibris.valerie acted as the charming bartender, offering up Bloody Marys and mocktails. While most enjoyed the festivities, at tomgun130-130's Orlando shook their head. They didn't trust that Loki was the only threat in the village, and had thus dubbed themselves the DWL, also known as the Designated Werewolf Lookout. Orlando stood in the foyer with their arms folded behind their back, staring out the window for any hints of danger, and stayed there. The night carried on. Pixie gave cheers for the dead. At Meep 2306 stuffed a few spare rolls and desserts into their pockets. While the party continued for some, others decided it was time to go. It was ten at night, after all, and the Crescent Masters were due home soon. 
at Julia McKenzie 99 grabbed their cloak and bid adieu before exiting the manor through the servant's tunnel. Only a thin, trembling candle acted as their guide, but the light was enough. Julia returned safely to their cottage. At Rory underscore is underscore me's Cassie Oak did the same, only they fumbled a bit with the candle, pouring hot wax over themselves. They hissed and dropped the candle with a huff. Then they took off into the woods, heading home. As Cassie traveled, the trees, their trunks withered and their branches frail, quivered and rustled, adding to Cassie's unease. In reaction, Cassie clutched onto their protection amulet. Sure, it was phony. Cassie knew it firsthand as they worked at Luna Phases, but the cheap necklace still offered comfort. Deeper and deeper into the woods, Cassie went, with tree branches climbing at their hair and clothes. Cassie stumbled and wished they hadn't left their candle. It was so hard to see. A person could be standing right in front of them, and Cassie wouldn't even know. Something snagged on the back of Cassie's necklace, stopping them. Cassie choked against the chain, surprised, and reached back for its clasp. Their fingers glanced over the nimble branch that had caught on the necklace. Relieved, Cassie went to tug it free. Something in the trees cracked overhead. Twigs and leaves fell into Cassie's hair. Cassie stopped still, their heart pounding, their instincts insisting that something was wrong, that Cassie wasn't alone in the woods. The branches snapped again, and Cassie swallowed, daring to look up. A werewolf, its skin rotted and flayed, hung over her, its wide and heavy paws balanced precariously on the tree limbs upholding it. Its eyes shined with corpse-light white, and its hot breath smelled of decay. Cassie opened their mouth to scream. The werewolf already had its teeth locked around their skull. A sickly crunch, and the zombie werewolf dragged its new meal back into the trees, disappearing into the shadows. Orlando sighed as they stared out the window in the parlor, seeing nothing in the quiet streets of Moonstone. Behind them, the party was dying, more patrons leaving. Seeing no point in staying, Orlando left without a word. They strolled down the cobbled road, thinking that perhaps the village leaders were right. Werewolves didn't exist. Orlando turned into an alleyway, the corridor enclosed with brick walls. They mindlessly began to whistle, unaware of the shadow slinking behind them. Just before Orlando could reach the end of the alley, strong arms lashed around their head and neck, cutting off their air supply. Orlando gagged and tried to reach back, but the person simply jerked their arms, breaking Orlando's neck. Orlando's body slumped to the ground. Calmly, Van Helsing inspected Orlando for clues of being a supernatural creature. Nothing. Sighing, Van Helsing stood and stalked away into the shadows. You know... At Lost in the Pages slurred back at Crescent Manor. I've heard a lot of things about this town. Stuff like that our ancestors also had problems with the supernatural. But the village leaders, they say no. No werewolves here. But I think they're lying. I think it's time for you to go home. At Exlibris.Valerie said. 
but you gotta pay off your tab first. Right, <laughs> Elle mumbled, blearily searching for their coin purse. It wasn't there. Maybe Elle had left it in their carriage outside. I'll be back, I swear, Elle promised, and stumbled out of their seat, down the servant's tunnel, and out into the streets. A protection amulet swung around Elle's neck. A gift. Elle had decided to wear it simply because the diamond and moonstone-crusted locket looked pretty. Elle threw the door open to the carriage and padded down the velvet seats with sluggish movements. The coin purse wasn't there. Elle huffed and leaned back. I swear I left it right there! Elle turned around, cheeks puffed with anger, and came face to face with a golden-eyed werewolf. The beast loomed over her, standing at least eight feet tall. Red flecked its yellow teeth, and it was missing a left ear. Elle gasped, their drunken haze clearing, and the wolf raised its clawed hand, its chest rumbling with delight. Only for Elle's protection amulet to beam with brilliant, pearlescent light, blinding the streets. The glow was so effervescent and pure that it seared the werewolf's eyes. It howled, its senses burning, and took off with a vengeful howl. Leaving Elle breathless, and very grateful to the mysterious person who gave them the locket, saving Elle's life. But not everyone was spared tonight. The party now over, at Sammy.1124, begrudgingly hauled a bag full of half-eaten hot dogs and plastic cups to the dumpster outside, mumbling about people's inability to pick up after themselves. Sammy threw the trash in the dumpster and closed the lid, kicking the garbage for good measure. Yeah, Sammy muttered, dusting off their hands. Take that. A low growl erupted behind Sammy, stopping their heart. Sammy didn't have to turn around to know that a beast born of nightmares waited behind them. Sammy could hear its heavy breathing, could smell its blightly odor, and could feel its body billowing with heat. It filled them with dread and pointlessness, Sammy didn't even bother to turn around. Instead, Sammy closed their eyes, and the zombie werewolf struck. <laughs> Villagers, having heard of yet another attack, please meet again tomorrow in the courthouse. For your own safety, please travel in groups. In the meantime, we have lost. At Rory underscore is underscore me, due to an attack in the woods. At Tom Gun one three zero underscore one three zero, due to Van Helsing. And at Sammy dot one one two four, due to an attack behind Crescent Manor. We must all come together and find out who committed these acts. Voice your suspicions in the group chat. You'll have until three p.m. Mountain Time to submit a vote as to who you think did this. We'll be posting a Google Form anonymous voting link in the description of this episode, as well as the group chat for your convenience. Whichever person has the most votes will be eliminated from Moonstone Village. If you have a role or any special information, it's up to you to decide if you want to voice it. Afterward, we'll be sending out messages to our role players where they'll have until 6 p.m. Mountain Time to decide what they want to do next. 
For clarification, those who have perished tonight are now bitten, meaning they are akin to zombie werewolves. As they were eliminated, they will not be in the running for the box set, but will be added to the werewolf pack, where they will get to choose a victim of their own every night. Van Helsing cannot kill a bitten wolf. Only a living supernatural creature counts. By the Moonstone, we pray for protection. Villagers, good luck.